Na 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 na, worldy. Well, that was nice. Worldy, 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 worldy. <laughs> wow. Ruined it. Thanks for bringing us in with the Beatles. Yep. Can we say the Beatles or is it trademarked? I think that that doesn't exist in podcasting and you can say what you want. Beatles. It's the Stones. That's not, that's the Beatles. I'm just saying a different band. <laughs> Welcome back, listener, to part three and episode three of, ep- of season seven of the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. And we're still bringing you all of the Euro 2020 tidbits that you could ever want. We hope you're enjoying it. I mean, we bloomin' are. We'd love to know what you think of it. Tweet us. Rate us. Yeah, subscribe right. to us. You're probably listening on Apple Podcasts. You might be listening on Spotify. I'm pretty sure that if you if you if you click uh, five stars when you rate us, that one of mine or Carl's faces pops up and says, "Do you know who's a worldie? You are." Test it now, right now. Do you know who's a worldie? You are. See, it worked. Also, the founder of Spotify uh, is a big football fan. We all now know because he's trying to buy Arsenal Football Club. So, Robert Eck, if you are listening. Put us on your best podcast page. I'm pretty sure that Robert Eck listens to every podcast on Spotify, right? Well, we did have some listeners in Sweden and we were confused. And then we figured out it's because we signed up to Spotify. Yeah. So someone from Spotify is listening. Someone from Spotify constantly checks our podcast to see, hey, is it you, Robert? If it's, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, it's the Robert Eck <laughs> chatbot. Look, we'd love to interview you about your, your, um, impending purchase of Arsenal and other things including the European Championship should we get back to it let's get back to the European Championships listener if you've not listened to the first two episodes we are looking for the Euro don't say tidbit the Barnier Stormer best player the continental player who might not have a good tournament and finally the you've pulled for the hottest player in the squad Carl got very freaked out by my excitement about you've pulled we hope you've enjoyed it so far. Should we just crack on? Let's get ahead of it. Let's get ahead of it. It's Group E. We're cracking right on with Group E and Poland. Top half of the flag is white, bottom half of the flag is red. It's the Poles. I thought you looked at me then like you expected me to set... set I mean, I, I have got Polish heritage. Is that what you wanted? Tell me something about that Polish heritage. My family were from Krakow. It's pronounced Krakow. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of sound bleed there, did you notice? Just a little bit of sound from outside the studio creeping in. Uh, sorry, listener, if you get any uh, weird banging noises, uh, someone is outside our tu- studio chopping onions. Uh, sorry, Carl, you were talking about Poland. I was. Um, where do you go to get your um, interesting trivia about Poland? I go to the Polski Schmack store. That's the Polish food store. Oh, and actually ask a Polish person for some information. Yeah, why not? Well, where I go is a website called notesfrompoland.com. <laughs> Here's what I found out about Poland and their relationship with coronavirus. In their lockdown in October 2020, the gyms were forced to shut. Euro, don't say. I do say. But one enterprising owner tried to evade the measure by declaring her gym to be a shop. Euro, don't say! In which customers could test equipment for a fee. Euro, don't say! And when that didn't work, she then changed it to being a church. (laughs) Offering religious meetings to promote bodily care. Euro needed to... Oh, at that point, Euro needed to stop, mate. Like, that's... Oh, God. Like, I get that you need to support your business, but if you're having to say that your gym is a church... At least this is fun. You know, like, 
we could be talking about the Weatherspoons bloke, or we could be talking about the bloke who owns Topshop. You know, like when Weatherspoons were forced to shut, he came out and said he tried to campaign to the government that they had that Weatherspoons should stay open because it was an uh, essential business. Yeah, because it's a pub. And then he recorded a video from his basement and got everyone to what all of his thousand employees to watch it at the same time on Zoom or whatever, and basically said, "We're done. Uh, you could probably get a job in Tesco's." Wow. So okay, I well, so, so this Polish gym owner is a better person than Tim Martin, is what you're oh, saying. Oh, I'm just imagining it's a small little gym and it's this person's eccentric and it's a bit of fun. Mm. But, you know, don't go to Weatherspoons anymore. Wow. Euro don't say. Well, that was really an unexpected turn for that Euro don't say, but I support you. Continental. Who is going to ruin things for my, 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 my ancestral home? It's a case of the defence, Joel. All of the defence. The whole... D- We're starting off... Group E by saying that the entire defence are problematic. Yeah, and you'll see in comparison to other parts of the team, which I will come on to, that they are a weak link. In particular, their central defenders, Camel Glick and Bednarek. Bednarek plays for Southampton, not a bad team, but they have lost 9-0 twice in the last three years. Did he feature in both of those games? I believe he did. Oh dear. Um, and Camel Glick is 33, and as we've discovered already in this podcast, that makes him an old fogey. He's past it. He's basically got no knees. I think one of the things that's really come from this, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, is that you and I either consider uh, players over the age of 33 to be about to have the best time of their lives, or to be done. Absolutely. Now, listener, if you're watching a Poland game and you can see old Camel Glick is sort of like hobbling around, he won't be. He's still literally a professional athlete. But nevertheless, he's having a bad game. You can say, oh, he's having a Camel Glitch. (laughs) That one's on me. Barnier Stormer, Joel. It's obvious. Who do you think it is? I'm going to go with the best goal scorer in the whole of Europe. What's his name? Robert Lewandowski. Oh, I think you mean Robert Lewandowski. Yep, that's what I meant. Right. Yes, it's him. (laughs) Robert Lewandowski plays for Bayern Munich in Germany. He is undoubtedly the definitive striker in Europe right now. Do you want to guess how many goals he's scored at club level since the last international tournament he played in in 2018? Ooh, 60? Keep going. 70? Keep going. 80? This is like when uh, Abraham Simpson stands up and sits down and stands up again when they're going for... That's an in-joke. We'll cut that. Keep going. 90. Keep going. 100. It's a, it's over 140 goals. That's this, an insane amount of goals. This in. season he got 49 in the This is just this is just um goals for Bayern Munich, not including international goals for Poland. 49 this year, the year before 55 and the year before that 40. He is a goal machine. The goal machine. I'm trying mean. to do some quick maths, Joel. Okay, shall I cover? 144 goals. 144 goals in three years. That's extraordinary. Do you remember when I bigged up Tiemu Puki? He only had 60 or something. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Less than half. I'll be honest, Tiemu Puki feels like literally two episodes ago. Robin Lewandowski is probably the best player at this tournament. The best attacking player in the world on form. He is unstoppable. He broke the German league record for goals scored in a season, which had been held for 40 years by a player called Gerd Müller. On the last kick of the season, he scored his 41st goal. Then he, he only played 30 games. It is, it, he is, yeah, no. Uh, can he, though... I understand he's the Barnier Stormer, but as you say, the defence are a problem. They're the continental aspect of Poland. Without the support of those world-class Bayern players, can he score as many goals? 
can he drag the Polish team by the scruff of the neck into the knockout stages? I want him to because I want to see the best players on form. I really want to see him excel in this tournament. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. It would be really nice to see him take his club form to international level. EU've pulled. Ah, pull me up, baby. Peter Zielinski. I've heard of him. I cannot think what he looks like. Please do show me and I will describe him to the listener. Oh, that's very babyface for you. I mean, you spent the whole of the last episode showing me pictures of men with beards. There's not a hair on that face. He's got that uh, John Travolta chin. He's got... um... (laughs) That's quite a good description, right? Yeah. I mean, better than saying bum chin. He's got got that kind of like, you know, narrow shoulders, like uh, well-poised head... Head to shoulder ratio is pretty good. I'm a, I, I, yeah, what was his name, sorry? Peter Zielinski. Peter Zielinski. I think he's got a bad boy charm. Like, he, he's a bad boy with a good job, and that good job is professional football. It's amazing that it, there's not, we, what, this is the, that's the, <laughs> that's the 17th person we've, we've listed as hot, and I think the fourth that we've described as having a bad boy charm. I know what I like. <laughs> um, I think he has got, if, listen, if you're into movies, uh, or TV. He's a bit like Jack O'Connell, uh, a bit like Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders, um, which is ironic um, as both of those names also belong to actual footballers. That is ironic! You're welcome. Poland have been done. Congratulations, Carl. That's the first team of Group E out of the way. Nice to be included sometimes. Kickball with football, yeah. Hopkins got the best of me, but I just keep, keep on coming back excessively. Oh, I, right, right from the start, you'd go and break my heart. Slovakia. <laughs> Why? Euro don't say Slovakia. Are heartbreakers. <laughs> so tenuous. Now I know that we've tried to sing mainly European <laughs> club anthems in our uh, to set the tone for this European tournament, and that was Mariah Carey uh, with "Heartbreaker." But sort of Mariah Carey. It was homage. Yeah, fine. Which is a French word, so we're back in the right continent. Um, they're heartbreakers. Slovakia, heartbreakers. Why? Because they broke Northern Irish hearts. Oh, Northern Irish eyes aren't smiling. In the playoffs uh, for this tournament, they lost to Slovakia. The late goal in extra time. Kyle Lafferty, great name, hit the post in the last kick of normal time. Could have taken Northern Ireland into this tournament. They didn't make it. So Euro don't say no Northern Ireland, but hey, hey, Slovakia. Yeah. I don't like them. Wow. Okay. I've got a soft spot for Northern Ireland. I can't tell you why, but... Okay, that's an irrational hatred of Slovakia. It's not. It's a hatred. I said dislike. Okay, they, an irrational They are one dislike. of the worst teams on paper in this tournament, Joel. But as we all know, football ain't played on paper. It's played on grass. Oh, everyone loves that saying. Continental? Please. Martin Dubravka. Oh, You know harsh. who he is, right? You've heard of him. Of course. Tell us who he is. Goalkeeper. He plays for Newcastle United. Yeah, he's, he's quality. Why do you think he's going to ruin their tournament? Well, he's used to being the last line of defence in a very literal sense. He's yes. a goalkeeper. Makes a lot of saves. A lot of shot stopping. He's a, a wonderful shot stopper. But this Slovakia defence is not abundant in quality. I would say it's probably even worse than the Newcastle defence, which is not a good defence. Um, so I'm expecting him to short circuit after lambasting his colleagues again and again and again. Focus. Mark that man. 
stand by that post, he's going to I lose mean, to be it. honest, it sounds like the defence is the constant... Well, there's basically two two teams in a row, you couldn't just say the entire defence. No, because I think that there's a... Di- like, Martin Dubravka is a fine shot stopper, but he's not the best all-round goalkeeper. Like, Poland have got two very good goalkeepers. Right. Wojciech Vos- Czesny um, and another... Wojciech <laughs> Czesny and friend. Sure. And, yeah. and and his two friends. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, at yeah, least yeah. two of them are good. Whereas Dubravka, his all-round game is not world-class. And I'm just saying, expect him, listener, to inexplicably knock a cross into his own what goal. What you're saying is, he is quality to a degree, but the pressure of having to be the last man is going gonna, is gonna to tell. That's what I'm saying. Barnier Stormy. Milan Skriniar. Ah, oh, now. Here is a player I've never seen play, but I have heard only good things about and has been linked with every big team under the sun and who plays for the current champions of Italy but who is definitely moving this summer because Inter Milan are having to sell all of their players because of Covid. Not all of their players but their most valuable ones and he is one of those. So he's quality then. You've just described the defence as not being up to much. Isn't he a defender? He's one of four, possibly five, Joel. He can't do it all by himself. Good point. You know what? If he does, then he really is a Barnier Stormer. Say that name again. Milan Skriniar. What does that sound like to you? I, I don't know. It's a good name, though. It sounds like someone who's hard as nails. Is he? He's going to have to be. To to take the Slovakia team out of the groups, he's going to have to be an absolute worldie yeah. of a defender and literally lead them all the way. Um, at the very least, I think he's going to announce himself at this tournament. I mean, he, uh, he's he's famous... For being someone that that, that that has been rated very highly but hasn't necessarily made that big money move, maybe this will maybe you're right, he'll Barnier storm this European Championships and get that big money move. EU've pulled. EU've Slovakian pulled. Oh, what's that's the first proper grin you've shown me. Uh who's that? Robert Mack. Great name! M A M A K. Robbie Mack? The Rob- Mac is back. The Mac in Mac's in town. Return of Love the, the Mac. Mac. You've pulled. Return of the Mac. <laughs> you you pulled. pulled. Uh, what? Uh, yes. No. Hold on. Let me let me describe the listener before you take away my photo. He's he's got that kind of boyish grin mixed with a sort of late twenties, I guess, uh, like uh, charm. He's got laughter lines around his eyes. Yeah, I like the laughter lines. Yeah, he's got um, he's got a tan. I like he's the got tan. A good quiff. Uh, all round handsome young man. Good. I agree. Uh, and also to mack off with someone in a lot of uh, English parlance is to get off with them, which is very apt for EU you've pulled. E you've macked. There we go. Everyone's talking about the football. Do you want to talk with me about football? Yeah. We're all going to sunny Spain. Viva España. E viva España. I thought I'd leave that to you. Thank you. I, I also, the fact that we didn't prep that and I did it anyway and you thought I might is pretty great. I know you. I know you like singing. Uh, I think our listeners by this listener by this point knows that I like singing. We've both sung a lot in these episodes. Viva el worldy. I think if you go back to our first episodes, there was definitely a, a dearth of singing. I'm glad we've brought that in over the 50-something episodes we've done. Yeah, boy. I think this might even be episode 60. I think it is 60. Yes. Yeah. Or 59. 59. Next episode is episode 60. Anyway. Euro, Euro don't say. Euro don't say. Anyway, Euro don't say about a Spaniard. The curious case, Joel, of Aymeric Laporte. That is a curious case. Apparently Spanish. 
Yeah, so Aymeric Laporte, as far as I'm aware, is French. So what born the in hell France. are you talking about? Born in France, but born in that area of France that is uh, close to the Pyrenees. Oh, the Basque country. No, the Basque country is definitely in Spain. <laughs> Uh, the other side of the Pyrenees, the French Sorry, side. Sorry, I meant Catalan. He's Catalanian. No, what, yes, French there is Catalan. French Catalanian. Well, I, I don't. I can't for sure say he is French, French Catalan, but he's definitely from that a- that area. Right. Okay. So he uh, moved to Spain to start his football career, playing for Atletico Bilbao, which is definitely Basque. That's why I thought he was Basque. Well, he played for Bilbao for over eight years. Ah, so eight years playing in Spain. Yeah, I mean, he's not—he's no stranger to Spanish culture. So I should say Basque culture. Yeah. But he is French. He played at youth level for France at various levels, including under 21. He was brought into the squad for France by long-time and very successful manager Didier Deschamps, but never played. Never so played a minute. Euro don't say, but surely that's about France, Kyle. It's Spain, Joel, because he's now playing for Spain. He's a, he's a player at the top of his game. He's 27 years old. He plays for Manchester City, who just got to a Champions League final. They just won the Premier League. Uh, he's a very, very talented, I would say world-class central defender. It's absolute threat in the box as well for a goal. An impeccable defender. And he thought... Excuse my French. Bugger this. I'm going to go and play for an international team. So for our listener who knows nothing about football, if you have dual nationality, so he had French and Spanish nationality, even though he was born in France, raised French, he never featured for France for the main team. He didn't have dual nationality. So how was he He's applied for it recently... And they've they've fast-tracked him on the basis that he's going to play in this tournament. That's amazing. Euro, don't say. I do say. But the drama, Joel, that would have been fine if everyone agreed. I mean, you'd think that Dédier Deschamps, who didn't pick him, or at least when he did pick him, didn't play him, would think, you know what? The guy's good. I have no plans for him. I've got a bevy of options at at centre-back. I'll let him go without a whimper. Uh Uh-uh. Dédier Deschamps had this to say. What makes me uncomfortable is what he might say, and that is a lie. The only message I received from him was in October about a precise situation regarding an injury he had sustained in September. He has freedom. He hasn't played for us. It could have happened. Ten seconds would have been enough. He's always been the list of players called up, but there's been competition for places. We considered him in November, and in March, and this time around. Leaving him out is not a mistake. It is just my decision. I wish him the best, and he's free to make that choice. Euro, do say Didier. What are you talking about? Didier, just that's that... nonsense. Either play the guy or don't play the guy. And if he wants to play international football for a team that's, you know, what is nationality? It's nonsense anyway. Let him go and play for Spain and don't be an arsehole about it. He's playing for Spain tonight and I'm very excited. Excellent news. In a friendly. So he's now gone beyond the point of no return. He can never play for France ever Enric again. Enric Laporte, je suis d'Espagne. I don't think that's how you say that. We'll take it. Okay. So listen, now, if you're uh, if you're thinking why is this relevant, it will become incredibly relevant if France and Spain play each other at some point in this competition, because then the absolute spotlight will be on French-born new Spanish national player Aymeric Laporte. It's time for my continental of Spain. And I've gone for the manager for the first time, Joel. Oh, nice. I do like going for the manager. It's my favourite part of this when we say it's not going to be a player who's going to ruin it. It's the manager. Now, um, I'm in a WhatsApp group. That might shock everyone. I'm in several WhatsApp groups. I'm in a uh, WhatsApp group called Football Quizzes. Most of you won't be surprised by that. Um, Another member of this WhatsApp group is a a Spanish 
English football journalist called Richard Martin. And I was talking about Luis Enrique and his choices for this Spain squad. Luis Enrique being the manager of Spain. Exactly. And he said, I hate it when people call him Luis Enrique. Or when they call him Enrique as his surname. He said, that's like when people, if you called Jean-Paul Gaultier, Paul as his surname. His name's actually Luis Enrique Martinez. So Richard, I'm going to try and start saying his full name. Or at least if I'm, if I'm saying him by surname only as Martinez. No one will know what I'm talking about. No, literally no one will know who that is. I've known him as Luis Enrique since he was a footballer playing for Barcelona in the 90s. But sure, let's move past it. But I, I, it's, it's further complicated, Joel, by the sort of the pattern of surnames in Spain. Uh, they take the mother's, the father's name first and the mother's name second, but they don't ever say the second one. So on their, on their birth certificates and like on all official forms, everyone has two surnames, but they just don't count the second so, one. So this... So his name is, his first name is Luis Enrique. Right, I'm with you. So his first name is Luis Enrique Martinez. His name is Luis Enrique Martinez. That cannot be the reason you've made him Spain's continental. Nope, it's because he's picked a very, very bold, brave squad. He's picked no players from Real Madrid. Is that the... That, I'm sure you don't have this fact to hand, but that must be the first time that's ever happened. I think it is, if not the first time, then the second. Yeah. And it is a big deal in Spain. Uh, listener, if you're English, you'll know that there are a, a sort of top table of clubs, if you will, top six. Um, in Spain, there's just two. There's Barcelona or Real Madrid. Even the teams that play in that league, the fans normally support one of those two as well, they are Spanish football. They have their own newspapers. They have, there's Marca, which is Madrid and Barca put together. Like, to pick no Real Madrid players is sacrilege, even if they aren't playing very well, which they're not. So you're saying that there's the potential here that the choices he's made, the bold, outrageous, surprising choices that Luis Enrique Martinez has made might be the reason that Spain suffer at this tournament. I hope not, because I, I want him to be rewarded for making the right decision, but expect, if they don't make it through the group, for him to be unceremoniously sacked within 30 seconds of his final press conference. And the reason will be, well, you didn't pick the best players. But I think he did. Barnstormer? Barnier Stormer. I was going to say, Barnstormer? Never heard of a thing. Barnier Stormer, however. Michelle Barnier, if you're not listening to this podcast... <laughs> I do do. A do 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 do, a do do do. That's the Michelle Barnier chatbot. That sounded more like a Sean Bean chatbot. A do do, a do 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 do. Adama Traore. Oh my God! Another like I've got to tell you. When I saw his name in the list of Spanish players, I was surprised. I had no idea he was Spanish. Listener, if nothing else. It's remarkable there is a player for Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Spanish squad for this tournament. Wolverhampton Wanderers on a crest of a wave, don't get me wrong, in terms of where they are in the league in England, but they're not historically, traditionally a glamour club. And Spain are full of glamour clubs and glamour players. Adama Traore, how would you describe him as a, as a player, Joel? Unfeasibly fast, unfeasibly strong, unfeasibly skillful, scores great goals, frustrating end product. I've never seen... A player with such big thighs and arms. He looks like... Uh, he's too big to be a sprinter. I mean, I point you to Adi, Adi, our favourite Adiak and Fenwa. Yeah, but there's only one Adiak and Fenwa. I mean, he likes our posts on Instagram, so... Adama Traore, put your finger out. <laughs> um, Adama Traore, I always think of that game against Tottenham, Joel, for Wolves, where... And we're talking about world-class players here, such as Harry Kane, who we've already spoken about on this ep on the last episode. Harry Kane was resorting to literally lunging studs up at this man to take him down. Some of the only ways that I've seen players be able to stop Adama Traore from doing what Adama Traore does is just kicking the man. He is a beast, but like I come back to, 
frustrating end product, which is why the fact you've made him their Barnier Stormer surprises me. Well, because I think that the potential is there for him. It's a late arrival for him at this at, at this stage, an international tournament for Spain. He was a Barcelona La Masia Academy graduate, the best players in the world for the last 20 years. Messi, Xavi, Iniesta have all come from this same academy where he came from. He ended up in Middlesbrough. From Middlesbrough, he made his way to Wolves. And now, finally, he's back where he belongs. Well, I hope you're right, because I like him a lot. He's the kind of player that I love. I love physically strong, skillful players uh, who can push people over, but also put them on their backside through skill. So I hope you're right, and he is Spain's Barnier Stormer. E, you've pulled. Ooh, who's that? Pau Torres. Pau Torres. I mean, model much? Pau Torres. He's got... To be honest, he looks like he has natural eyeliner. I'm glad you saw that, Joel, because I was looking at this, and I think it is lashes. I don't think it's mascara. He's got, he's got really long... He's got long bottom lashes, listener, and I, you know... We're all suckers for eyes. They're the window to the soul. And uh, let me tell you, Paul Torres's soul is protected by some glorious lashes. Now, I was watching the England friendly the other night against Austria, and I kid you not, Gareth Southgate was wearing was wearing eyeliner. I mean, he so was, he, it, he's sad that he wasn't your EU pulled for England. I just think that when you see someone wearing it, it's so obvious that when you see someone with the natural luck to have the eyeliner look just without the eyeliner, you think, God, you're gifted. And he's also, luckily, a gifted footballer. So, Pau Torres is the player that people should be looking out for. Oh, right? he's he's already ripe for a big money move. And you know what's going to happen is they're going to watch it. They're going to watch Spain play. They're going to see him and they're going to say, Kapow! <laughs> okay. That's right. Turn the headphones on. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. We've had Spain, we've had Slovakia, and we've had Poland. It's time for the final team in Group E. It's Sweden! Euro don't say. Sweden are a good team. Is that it? (laughs) It's part of it. Okay. Now, they are... Well, you don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What's Swedish for Dark Horse? Ah, yes, that would be... Insert answer here. I think... If you think back to the World Cup where they got to the quarterfinals and they were narrowly beaten by England, England didn't absolutely batter them. They have a solid, solid foundation, Sweden, and they have not lost any world-class players from that team due to injury or retirement. They have the same crux. Uh, Zlatan wasn't at that tournament, and my Euro don't say, really, apart from the fact that I'm saying Sweden are underdogs to go far again, is Zlatan. Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Is he going to be playing? He was. He came out of retirement to play in this tournament at 39 years old. Before Christmas, he was top scorer in the Italian league. AC Milan were top of the league. Zlatan was back. Zlatan got injured. So Zlatan's not going to be at the Euros? He announced a few weeks ago he will not be playing at the Euros. Oh, that's such a shame. That would have been... That, would, as a Euro don't say, with if you're in the pub and you're like... Let me tell you, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one of the stars of his generation at 39 years old, is going to be playing in the European Championships. Well, now you've got to say Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 39 years old, like most 39-year-olds, will not be playing at the European it Championships. It was just peak romance. It was pure history in the making. We even spoke about the fact that Zlatan didn't make it into the Sweden squad because he retired in the last po- in the in the first ever podcast we did, where we we talked we spoke about the absence of Zlatan. 
when he had retired from playing for Sweden. He came out of retirement and we're still talking about the absence of Slatan. He is. He is one of those players who strides across football like a colossus. And that, I think, as a Euro don't say, that Zlatan nearly came back is a great, great one. Listen, he's 39. He still hit incredible figures in goal scoring and is still, for AC Milan, a hero on the pitch. I'm not ruling him out of the World Cup. That's in 18 months' time. He'll be 40. Well, you heard it here first. Worldy don't say. Yeah, we'll move on for the sake of any Swedish listeners who are thinking, are you really still talking about Zlatan for other categories, including you, Robert Continental! It's Pontus Janssen! Oh, poor Pontus! Pontus Janssen, central defender, uh, has just been promoted to the Premier League with Brentford. Who? Lowly Brentford, that's right. Brentford in the Premier League, they're captained by Pontus Janssen. He signed for them uh, with the grubbiest looking pen you've ever seen. Um, so that now it's become this huge thing at Brentford that they keep this... It's a it's a bick that has the end broken off. Now, normally when, when clubs sign a player, they have a special pen. No, they were so desperate to sign him quickly and without anyone knowing that they were like, where's the pen? Take it, take it. Only on the Absolute Worldly Football Podcast do you get factoids about pens. No, that pen is famous. Okay. But also Pontus Janssen is famous for being a bit of a liability in big games. In the playoff semi-final for Brentford to get to Premier League, he absentmindedly wandered up to the right wing position when he was playing right centre-back. They lost the ball, they conceded a goal. He, that, and that's just this season. He, When he was at Leeds, before he signed for Brentford, Leeds saw him as a sort of um, a voodoo type what's the word, uh, a curse. Because whenever there was a big game, he mysteriously made a gaffe. I think he has a, a rick in him. Well, I hope he doesn't write his name into negative Swedish history. Pen. I hope he isn't big enough more than he can chew. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Barnier Storman. Dejan Kulisevsky. Never heard of him. Dejan Kulisevsky plays for Juventus. He uh, is a attacking midfielder. He is the player that's going to have to step up in the absence of Zlatan to have a world-class tournament for them to really get out of the groups and make an imprint at this tournament. He is an impressive young player. He has been loaned out from Juventus for a couple of years, but this year they decided to bring him back from uh, from the loan. He didn't set the world alight for Juventus, but that is difficult when you're playing behind Cristiano Ronaldo. So maybe without the sort of shackles of being in his shadow... For Sweden this summer, he can shine. Dejan Kulisevsky. Say that one more time. Dejan Kulisevsky. Great name. E, you've pulled? Swede, you've pulled. Jordan Larson. Oh, well, he looks like someone who, if you took him home for tea with your ma, he would be very polite, very sweet. He's smiley, lots of teeth. Uh, don't know what he's doing there. Looks like he's about to shake someone's hand. He's a genuine, generous, sweet little man. He is very young. Um... And I remember from the last international championship podcast we did that you you like them young. Um, wow, so let's. I'm glad I mean, in this tournament you've you've gone for a, a sort of a, an elder gentleman. I'll leave uh, that in, but Jesus God. But I I do like this one. Okay. Um, but, Say his name again for the listener. Jordan Larson. Jordan Larson. Does he look like another Larson? Martin Larson. Nope. Henrik Larson. Is he his son? That's Jordan Larson, son of Henrik Larson, <gasps> and you can see the likeness. Yeah, I can now. You point it out. So Henrik Larson, uh, I know I made a joke about Goran Pendev having a, a son that played football. Henrik Larson only retired maybe a decade ago. He's not an old man. His son's already a professional footballer. And I am, yeah, I mean, I, I want him to do well. And not just because of his famous father, because of his charming looks. Well, that was Sweden. And I believe, Carl, you've just ended 
Group E. At work, everybody's shouting at me to do it. I get paid lots of money, yeah, millions to do it. A goal is my goal, I can feel it in my soul as a child, I knew it. Dun 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 Group of death it's the group of death is the group of death it's the group group of death It's the group of death Kyle There's always a group of death Yes listener if you don't know that is the name given every single tournament to the group where Everyone is shocked because there are all of the good teams. Every team in this group is good. Every team? Every team in this group is good. All four of them, I would suggest. Uh, I'll start with the weakest, but frankly, all four of them are good. All four of them have got a chance. It's the group of death. Anything could happen. Group F. Group F, the group of death. Oh, that would have been better than doing Star Wars. (laughs) Group F, the group of death. F me. That's a competitive group. Indeed. And I'm going to start... Tell us all four of them. Oh, of course. That's a good point. Hungary, France, Germany and Portugal. Hungary? Oh, yeah. Hungary are a good team. I remember, actually, they they drew 4-4 or they lost 4-3 to Portugal last European Championship. They got quite far in the last Euros and they uh, they, they did well in qualifying. They're a good team. I'll start with them. No, I'm, I'm well on board with this. I'll say it again. Hungary, Germany, Germany France... France. Portugal. Jesus Christ. It's a big group. So, Hungary, Euro, don't say. I'm actually not going to talk about anything from this current team, because I feel like there's an important part of history here that we people gloss over. When people talk about the best footballers of all time, Kyle, we talk about Pele, Maradona, maybe from the modern era you might talk about Ronaldo and Messi. Eusebio. These kind of players, they come from Brazil, they come from Portugal, they come from France or Germany. At no point do we ever discuss the fact that probably one of the top three or four footballers of all time came from Hungary. No, they didn't. He was a mighty Magyar, and I'm going to talk to him, talk to you about him now. It's Ferenc Pushkas. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. He's got an award named after him. He does. The Pushkas Award for the best goal in Europe every season. He scored 84 goals in 85 international appearances for Hungary. That's Robert Lewandowski levels of goals. He scored 514 goals in 529 club matches. That's too many. He was an Olympic champion in 1952. In football? In football. Few. He led his nation to the final of the 1954 World Cup. That's right, Hungary were World Cup finalists. They didn't win, unfortunate. Uh, He won three European Cups. He won 10 national championships, five in Hungary and five in Spain. He won eight top individual scoring honours, and in 1995 he was recognised as the greatest top division scorer of the 20th century. He had 808 official goals scored during his career. He's the third top goal scorer of all time, and he is Hungarian, and we should all honour his name. I'm also, listener, part Hungarian. Oh, yeah! So it's lucky... to the last episode about being part Polish, but I'm part Hungarian it's as well. It's lucky that they're not in the same group. Uh, and H- Hungary and Poland. You feel the, quite conflicted. It would be the Joel Derby. Like England and Scotland for me is the Kyle Derby. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, yes, uh, Hungary. That, that's my Euro don't say, that they, they have one of the best footballers of all time. Um, inter- he's also really interesting and tells you a lot about... There's a lot of the stuff with Eastern Europe, actually. A lot of these Eastern European countries where it's, you know, the questions... 
about the nation and the origin and all that stuff. So obviously he he came from a time when Hungary was a communist country. He escaped, he couldn't go back. They tried him in absentia and found him guilty of uh, trial uh, of crimes against uh, Hungary. Uh, so he ended up going to live in Spain and towards the end of his career, he played four times for Spain. So we're talking about dual nationals. He played all of those games for Hungary and he also played four times for Spain. Now that's not on. You can't do that. You can't play 50 something times and score 50 something goals for Hungary and then play for Spain. Uh, no wonder they fucking hated him. 85 games for Hungary and four games for Spain. Yeah, they. what a dick. Absolute <laughs> legend. So Euro don't say, when people are uh, saying, oh, Hungary don't deserve their place in this group of death, you can say, well, they've got one of the best footballers of all time and his name was Ferenc Puskas. And then when they say, is he playing today? And you'll say, oh no, he's long dead. <laughs> Good point. No, but it's good fact. Like, well, so lest we forget, lest Hungary we forget. are a have an, an imprint, a historical imprint on football. Ferenc, we forget. So, uh, Barnier Stormer. I'm actually gone for two players here uh, because they play for the same team at club level and they are a vital duo. It's the goalkeeper, Peter Golakshi, and the centre-back, Willy Orban. So, RB Leipzig have become the third team in Germany. In fact, they were the team pushing Bayern Munich furthest for the title this season. They are a great team and the the kind of linchpins of their team, the defensive linchpins, are the goalkeeper and centre-half. That was goalie Peter Galacsi and centre-back Willy Orban. The fact that they're both Hungarian, the fact that they both play for RB Leipzig, the fact that they are a unit can only be a good thing going into a tournament. These players play together year in, year out. I believe that makes them the Barnier Stormer for their team because they know each other so well. I'll allow that. It's like they're linked. It's almost like they're conjoined. So that that's that counts as one person. Um, unfortunately, the Continental also plays for RB Leipzig. Another Hungarian. Yes, he only joined in January. Dominic Zsoboszlai. Zsoboszlai, I guess, actually. Um, Zsoboszlai, so the sort of Red Bull family. Oh, I wonder what this RB you kept saying stood for. Well, it doesn't officially stand for Red Bull. No, it stands for Red Ball. No, it stands Rotten for... Rotten Bullen. Yeah, ra- uh, Rassen Bullen or something like that. But because of legal wrangling. But they are owned by Red Bull Leipzig. And there's a... Red Bull own a few teams. They own a team in America. They own a team in Austria, RB Salzburg, which is where Dominic Zsoboszlai was playing. He then moved from Salzburg to... Leipzig in January. He's fast. Uh, he's incredibly skillful. He's uh, he's shone in the Champions League for Leipzig. There's high hopes that he will be the forward player leading them forward. However, why is he the continental? He has struggled with injuries, Kyle. He is a bit like uh, you were talking about in the last episode with England. They're taking one of their star players to this tournament. And unfortunately, he has been injured a lot. So the pressure on his 20-year-old shoulders to be the shining light that he's been in the Champions League for Leipzig at this European Championships, but he's been injured. Is he going to go too hard? Is he going to injure himself again? I hope not. But unfortunately, I would say that Dominic Szoboszlai is the continental for Hungary. So you can say, if he does go off crocked on a stretcher, oh, he's gone off injured again. You can't be Szoboszlai. Very good. Very, very good indeed. So... That brings us to EU've pulled. Now, uh, normally with the EU've pulled, uh, you know, we go for people who are stunningly attractive on a very conventional level. So I thought I would go for someone totally unconventional. And because we don't know what our listeners like, 
I thought I would go for Tamas Sherry, and I just think if this is the kind of look you're into, this is the perfect example of that look. Would you like to tell the listener what Tamas Sherry looks like? Can I describe this look as a, a, a an overgrown beard? We've been saying a lot that a, a, a rough beard with a fade does a lot for your cheekbones. <laughs> a a overgrown beard with a completely shaved head, apart from a mohawk, does nothing for nothing. It does nothing for nothing. He looks like a joke. Also, his his hair is wispy on the on his mohawk, so it's not even a, like you're supposed. To, a mohawk's supposed to go if you're doing the sort of um, taxi driver look, like David Beckham once had for a while. It's a strip that goes all the way back to your your nape of your neck. You don't just have a, a, a sort of island mohawk that is wispy. I think he stands out. I think he's interesting. He looks like a Finn. I, think I don't mean a Finnish person. I think he's eclectic. I think Tamashia, I think there is someone out there who's listening to our podcast and is ticking off all these players that we're listing. and like, oh, another well-cheekboned, handsome, athletic-looking footballer. And then suddenly Tamashieri comes along and they're like, this guy. If he was a serial killer and you saw his picture in the paper, you'd say, well, why didn't they stop him years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd, thought I'd throw a different vibe in there, you know? Well, you an, did. He's an acquired taste, and if that's the way your taste lies, hey, then... Joel, you're just hungry for some variety. And that's hungry. We are a team, a team of men. We play football and we're gonna win the cup that everybody covered. So it's big, shiny hands made of gold. And now on... To the real, real big boys in this group. Let's move on to the big, big three. And we're going to start with Deutschland, with Germany. And my first sentiment in my Euro don't say about Germany, they're in flux. They are in flux. Germany, as our listener will know, even if you're a casual football fan, a football titan. Agreed? Oh, undeniably. They've got some of the best players in the world, some of the best young players in the world. They've won the World Cup three times, the European Championship four times. They are a titan and they are in flux. As I mentioned uh, in the previous episode, beaten 2-1 by North Macedonia at home. Underdog's favourite. Bookie's underdog. Yeah, well, Kyle's underdog. I'm putting Uh, money on. A pound. They were also thumped 6-0 by Spain. 6-0. Germany were beaten by Spain. And some, what's worse, and this is my big Euro don't say, their hugely successful manager, who has been there for 15 years since he took over from Jürgen Klinsmann in 2006. Whoa, 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 whoa. He became the, the, the head coach in 2006. Yep. So he was already the assistant. So he's been there for nearly two decades. Yep. Jürgi Lowe, Joachim Lowe, is stepping down after this tournament. Germany already know that the manager in this tournament will not be the manager in the future. And he has been trying everything to make sure they go out on a high. He's been changing the formation. He's been tinkering. He's been dropping players who have been mainstays and linchpins of his team and then recalling them. He cannot figure out what to do. They are in flux. It is the first time Germany are going to the tournament on the back of losses. He is really, 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 really already set himself up for a fail. He said... Um, uh, I'm going into this tournament full of pride and huge gratitude, but still with great motivation for the upcoming European Championships. Proud because it's something very special and an honour that I've represented my country, and because I've been able to work with the country's best footballers for almost 17 years and support them in their development. This is a 
scary moment for German football. They've got quality players, but the manager in charge, he's 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 been showing cracks. It's highly possible that in this group of death, they won't get out the group, Kyle. You, rogue, don't say. Imagine, Joel, let's say Southgate, I think, took the job in 2017. That's four years. Let's give him another 13 years on that to... That would take us to 2034. If we're sitting here doing a podcast in 2034 and Gareth Southgate is still the manager, how are we going to feel about that? Well, I mean, if he achieves what Jurgi Lowe achieved in 2014 when he won the World Cup. Once. They won it once. They still won the World Cup. When was the last time that most teams won the World Cup? England could have won the last one if I had not been on a plane. Yep, it was your fault. So, the Continental, who might really, really ruin it for Jurgi Lowe and his retirement tour. Not retirement, he's just resigning. Uh... Unfortunately, I've gone for Timo Werner. As the... Continental, the player who might ruin everything. So Werner, in his first season in the Premier League this season, that was Timo Werner, if you've not heard of him, uh, signed for big money by Chelsea uh, in the summer. He has struggled. He has it all, Kyle. He's got pace. He's got uh, intelligence. He scores goals. Or does he? He has scored goals everywhere he's been. And then somehow this season, he has struggled. Famously. He had, you might say he struggled to hit the barn door with the banjo, Joel, but he did win the Champions League. Sure. The point is he scored goals by the barrel full in the Bundesliga and he's very, very, very found, he's found them very, very hard to come by in the Premier League. Which Timo Werner will turn up for Germany? Will he be, will it be the one that scores the barrel full of goals or will it be the one that uh, is more often than not offside and hasn't scored? That will make or break their tournament. However... The Barnier Stormer, the player who will be hopefully pulling the strings. There are so many Germans I could have gone for. They've got an extraordinary squad, even though they're out of form and their manager is leaving. But I went for Leon Goretzka. Mm, the, the, the 90s action hero of footballers. He's so classy. But he's built like an absolute machine. He looks like the Terminator. Built like the machine, but he's so delicate. The way he passes a football... Uh, the only one, the only person I can think of in world football who who passes in a similar way is Kevin De Bruyne. Like he's got that ability when he's got the ball at his feet to pick a pass that even as a fan watching from above you can't see the pass. Mm-hmm. He makes them tick. He pings the passes. He starts the attacks. He picks the ball up from defence. If they're going to do well, even if Werner's not scoring, it'll be because Goretzka is the metronome that keeps that team ticking over. Germany's marvellous metronome. You heard it here first. Leon Goretzka. But what about your EU pulled? EU pulled Deutschland style. It's Joshua Kimmich. Cool. I think this guy is a handsome young man. Yeah, he's he, he has the look of a man who has made a lot of money in a very short space of time uh, and knows that he's something special. Uh, he's, you know, he's got great skin. He's got lovely hair. According to uh, a photo that you're showing me, the headline is he's the Greta Thunberg of football. I doubt that. I don't know. That's uh, an article in goal.com that you're more than welcome to research, listener. That's not something we've But in the read. comparison photo, he, they do look similar. So I'll go with the aesthetic comparison. He looks... Yeah, he has got a furrowed brow. She's famous for her furrowed brow. Maybe he is the Gen Z poster boy of German football. I think he's young, quick and fit and has got a fun name to say. It's spelt Joshua Kimmich, but pronounced Joshua Kimmich. And that's a fun thing to do. It's a mouthful. Joshua Kimmich, you've pulled.
Worldy, world, worldy, absolute worldy. Worldy, worldy, worldy. Worldy, world. Oh, sorry, I got carried away then. Uh, it's France. Vive la France. Are you excited? The world champions? The Re- Republic of France. Oh, yes, of sorry, course. The French Republic. The French Republic. Uh, yeah, the world champions, Carl. Are you excited to hear about them? Yeah. Yeah, of course you are. They're the champions of the world. Why wouldn't you be thrilled? In fact, many people are thrilled about this French team. Uh, they've they've got so many quality players, France, that you could make an argument that they have a starting eleven of players that aren't even in the tournament. That is how good they are. I did make that argument to you, you weeks did. ago. I, I stole, sent you that. Team. I literally stole that from. Thanks you. for the credit. But my Euro don't say is about one of the players that is going, not about the players that aren't. Because you know who's going to the European Championships 2020, taking place in 2021? 26 players. Including Karim Benzema. No, 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 Joel, because he doesn't play for France anymore. Well, you think he's, well, you think he's retired? No, he didn't retire, but there was an unfortunate circumstance which meant he could never, ever, and we can't speak about it, that he will never, ever be able to play for the team again. Well, my Euro don't say is that he is playing for the team again, and we are going to speak about it. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Let's get the lawyers on the phone, because we're going to say some defamatory things. So, Karim Benzema is one of the best strikers in world football. He's coming off the back of an extraordinary se- season with Real Madrid, where he was single-handedly responsible for nearly winning them the title talismanic talismanic he's algerian of origin french footballer quality quality player on the 4th of november 20 uh, 4th of november 2015 he was arrested for his part in blackmailing his fellow french international player mathieu valbuena over the el- alleged recording of a sex tape on a mobile phone so hang on hang on he had the phone i'm i'm benzema I'm no, recording no, this. No, careful, careful now, careful now. He did not have the phone. A friend of his made the sex tape. Right. Benze- the friend tried to blackmail Valbuena. Right. Benzema was recorded by French police speaking to the friend about the blackmail plot, saying he would help the friend get the money out of Valbuena. Uh, there's a long transcript. Uh, basically, it, it shows very clearly that Benzema knew everything there was about the plot to blackmail Valbuena and had spoken to Valbuena, uh, Valbuena about getting about paying the blackmailers. So the, f- the, the blackmailer was a friend of Benzema or an associate? Uh, an associate of Benzema. We I shouldn't think, say. I think that is, a, that is allowable. Wow. And what was the backlash of this? Huge. Uh, uh, the French uh, Federation suspended Benzema in twenty in December twenty fifteen. Uh, they then the investigation happened. Eventually, Benzema. Uh, I think they basically said that you know you're not um, the public prosecutor's office uh, have said that he will face trial, but it's taken a very long time to get to that point. So he's not faced trial yet. And in um, the meantime, the in th- the meantime, he that he had black he had been involved in blackmailing a member of the French team that he was in. It seemed it seemed impossible that he could ever play for France again. So for six years he hasn't played for. Them. In fact, he said about Deschamps at the time, Didier Deschamps, who we've mentioned in the previous episode, the manager of France. He said the reason he's not picking me is because he's racist. Oh. So really, we thought everyone thought he'd burnt his bridges. What's French for burnt your bridges? Insert answer here. But he hadn't, because he is back. Euro don't say, I bloomin' well do. 
what on earth has had to happen? He said things about uh, other players in the French team as well. He said things about Giroud. He who's referred, also in the squad. He's also in the squad. He referred to him as a go-kart whilst Benzema was a Ferrari. Uh, he's, 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 he's done some things. He was indicated in a, in a child's sex trafficking racket. Well, in Benzema 20, was. In 2011, along with Front Ribéry. They were both released with no charge. Uh, no, uh, uh, it was all alleged. That was five years before this. You think he would have learnt his lesson? No. So he's back in. He's back in the Thank squad. Thank God. He's, ba- he's, he's buried the hatchet with Deschamps. He clearly no longer thinks he's racist. He's back in. It is one of those stories that you just never saw coming, but he is back. And I imagine that most of his teammates will be not inviting him back to their rooms at night. <laughs> no. So moving on from him. Barnier Stormer. Who's going to have a Barnier Stormer? Now, um... It's not going to be Benzema. I don't... Well... He's going to be on a mad one, surely. I mean, do you know what? He's my continental. <laughs> Let's just skip to that. Come on. After all this time, he's back in the French team. He called the manager a racist. He starts. The emotions build up. He punches someone in the face. Are you casting expressions about French Algerian players? No. Let's, well, let, lest we forget Zidane. Lest we forget the most famous uh, example of a French Algerian player losing their rag in a major tournament. The most fa- the most famous farewell from international. You're right. If he, if Benzema does anything akin to Zidane's headbutt, Continental. it would make the tournament. Yes, Continental. in a bad way. In a bad, in a bad way. way. In a bad way. We would not condone that violence. But we'd love to talk unless about unless it, it was on Deschamps. <laughs> Anyway, he's my continental. Imagine this, Joel. France play Spain. Didier Deschamps gets in an argument with Aymeric Laporte. And rather than Benzema defending his own manager, the two of them beat up Deschamps on the pitch. Perfect. There you go. Continental. 100%. Um, So my Barnier Stormer, you referred to Robert Lewandowski when talking about Poland Mm. as probably the best striker in the world. Well, my Barnier Stormer has got something to say about that because it's time. It's Mbappe time. Oh, what a player. Oh, what a player. Kylian Mbappe, the Paris Saint-Germain wonder kid, uh, cost 100 million euros when they signed him from Monaco as an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, yep. one of the two. Anyway, it's the ti- It's time. He was great in the World Cup. Oh, my God, what an arrival. But that was just his arrival. Now he's going to say why he should be here forever. He's going to claim his rightful place as the best player in Europe. You heard it here first, except listen, if you listen to any other football podcast, they're all saying the same thing. Point being, I'm saying it, Barnier, Stormer, Kylian Mbappe. Can't Li- look further. Listener, if you want to get ahead of the curve, start practising your celebration of tucking your uh, sort of clenched uh, fingers and uh, 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 what are my thumbs doing, Joel? Uh, right-angled thumb. Right-angle your thumb, keep your fingers together, cross your hands and dig those thumbs underneath your pits and that is the Mbappe celebration. I'm pretty certain that no one will have understood what you've just said. Would you like to hear my EU pull? Yep. It's Raphael Varane. Okay. Uh, I mean, come on, come on. Tell the listeners what you're looking at there. Uh, he's a, a statuesque man. I mean, come on, look at this. He's, he, he looks he looks simultaneously ice cold and warm. Yep. He look, it, From a sporting perspective, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. From a sexual perspective, you want to go very close if you know what I'm saying. He's, he's, I, I think he, I think the term hunk. Oh, hunk, but the sort of hunk that doesn't, but doesn't act like he knows it. Uh, yeah. The perfect man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think, I think, listener, if you, if you want, if you want anyone to really stare at and uh, get excited by in this tournament, it's Raphael Varane. But if you, listener, and, it, you know, it's a very uh, exciting summer, and if you do happen to 
you know, Paul, Raphael Varane don't go anywhere near the French hotel because yeah. there, there, there may be <laughs> hidden cameras. <laughs> It's the last team. It's the final squad. It's the final four categories. And Kyle, it's the European champions. It's Portugal. The European champions, the world champions, and Germany. The most successful European team in history. In the same group. Oh yeah. And Ferenc Puskas, the ghost of Hungary. And Hungary. Yes, it's Portugal. It's the champs. They won the 15th ever European Championship in 2016. And my Euro don't say is kind of about them, but it's more a lovely way to sum up this entire experience, all 24 teams. Kyle, only 10 teams have ever won the European Championships. Can you name them? quiz. Yes, I can. Czech Republic. Yes, at that point known as the Czechoslova- known as Czechoslovakia. But I yes. meant to say that. Netherlands. Correct. Portugal. Correct. France. Correct. Spain. Correct. Germany. Yes, as also known as West Germany. Italy. Yes. USSR. Yes. Two more. I've got two more to go. Did I say Italy? Yes. Fuck. Oh, oh, Denmark. That was going to say. And then it's the biggest upset ever. I thought that was Denmark. No, bigger than that on home territory. Hungary! No. Ah. They have not qualified. Greece! Greece! Yes! Yes! But most importantly, listener, for our Euro Don't Say, has any of those teams ever retained their title? As we're on Portugal and they are the champions and they're looking to retain it. I'm going to say no then. Incorrect. Germany. Incorrect. Spain. Oh, 2008 and 2012? Uh, No, that's the World Cup. That's the World Cup. Spain! Yeah, Spain. They have. They've retained their title. So... My Euro don't say, listener. Portugal are on the telly. You say, oh, it's the European champions. I wonder if they'll be able to do what the Spanish did and retain the title. It's exciting. It's interesting. We hope. It's certainly intense. Uh, So, yes, that's my Euro don't say for Portugal. And of course, the Barnier Stormer. It's not um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I was, on my walk here, I was thinking, this isn't even going to be his last tournament. No. He is older than us, isn't he, Just? He's 36. Yeah, he's a bit older than us. And he will play for the next World Cup. Yep. He'll be 37 and a half. And then he, I think he's got another Euros in him. Yep. They're the champions and he's their main man. Uh, amazingly, he went off injured, if you remember, in the final. Oh uh, yeah, he basically managed them from the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's their main man. He, he's still... One of the two best players in the world at the age of 36. Uh, I mean, Mbappe would have something to say about that soon. But he is, if he plays well, Portugal will play well. Fact. He's done, he's had an amazing season in, uh, goals-wise for a team that haven't played particularly well. Otherwise, Juventus. He's done it all. I fully believe that if he plays well, they can get out of the group at least. And it's going to be hard to get out of this group. But, 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 they are no games in Portugal. True. There's, so n- there's no host that, city. Maybe in... that will make a difference. But it's interesting what you're saying about getting out of this group, Joel. Because we haven't covered it and we need to. I was hoping we would. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. We've, We've spoken... only got two categories left. So let's, uh, 
Let's talk about the... Well, what, I'll tell you what, why don't we do the two categories and then we can talk about the perambulations. We've got any more to say? We must have more to say on Ronnie. I really don't. Every, what's there left to say about Cristiano he's, Ronaldo? He's potentially another one of these free agents we've been talking about. Yeah, he might go. He might leave Juventus. He could go pretty much anywhere, wherever he chooses. He, he What's there left to say? I mean, the fact is that even if you don't know anything about football, you've heard of him. And that, those players are always, you know, worldies. So, listener, if you're tuning in because you need to get yourself up to scratch, Ronaldo's still got it. Yep. He's still a threat. He's still going strong. He could be a match winner in this tournament. He could be a, a, a tournament winner. On the flip of that, Continental, if I said to you 115 yellow cards and only 400... Pepe, 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 Pepe. He still plays. Uh, Him and Ronaldo are like best friends. I know, he still plays. He plays for Porto now, uh, Pepe. Uh, he... He, in case you don't know who he is, listener, is a tough tackling, wind, winding people up, uh, expert centre-half. Um, he may not start, but I, I, I could even see him getting sent off from the bench. He, he's, he's, he's just that kind of personality. He winds people up intentionally. He falls over at the slightest touch, but then he'll kick someone in the face if they're on the floor. He is the very definition, I think, of Continental in that he, his actions could really destroy the team's progress in the blink of an eye. I'm glad he's there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and before we discuss the perambulations and what everything will happen after the group stages that we've uh, so eloquently and so brilliantly discussed all the way through, it's the final category. It's Eve pulled. And I think he's the person I think is most attractive. It's Andre Silva. Oh yeah, he's definitely your type. He's hot. He's fine. He's got like, he's got a very strong brow. Uh, he's got... The brow of a, a man 25 years his senior. You know, thick, thick uh, brow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a, a, a absolute statement of a man. Uh, I, I would say, Joel, a Portuguese tart. A natter. And if you went on a date with him, you'd love to have a natter with him. And that seems like a natter real place to finish. Uh, I think it does. That's group F. So let's go back to this size of this group. Yes. So so uh, we've we've spoken a lot about the groups. We've spoken about the fact it's 24 teams. We've given you all of our tidbits. What we've not explained is what will happen after the group stage. So what's going to happen is four of the six third place teams are going to qualify. So actually this group of death, F, not such a group of death, unless if Hungary can win one game, the Hungry Cat is amongst the pigeons. Very good. Uh, yes, so basically from four of the six groups, it won't be just the top two going through, it'll be the top three. The three, the four best third place teams join the top two teams in a round of 16. Which is, I feel like as, as much as I've said it's exciting, there are 24 teams rather than 16, it is a bit anti-competitive. Like that's not that fun. Like, oh, I, I finished third out of four and yet I still qualify. Yeah, it's I agree. It's a bit of a gimme. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. I couldn't. I, I mean, I can't disagree with that. What's the answer though? Have forty-eight teams? Oh God, no. That's too big. Go on for too long. Well, at the end of the day, listener, we will see you again, potentially during the group stages, but we'll definitely see you again when the groups have played out. We want to see whether or not our picks, our Barnier Stormers, our Continentals, and of course our EU Bulls, have come through. In the meantime. Get yourself along to a friend's house, sit socially distanced, don't hug and keep the window open, watch the game, do it in the pub, do it online, illegally stream. Do it. Whatever it is that you're going to do and make sure that you bring up all of these things that we have brought up. Tweet us. Where can they tweet us, Carl? At Worldy Podcast. Find us on Instagram. 
Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. And email us. Absolute Worldy Podcast at gmail.com. We should, these should all be the same. We know that. You know that. Help us to help ourselves by just getting in contact. Get in contact with us. Tell us about the players that you like. We will read out any tweets and any messages that we get in a future episode. In the meantime, it really does help us if you leave a comment. Uh, more importantly, if you leave a star rating, it takes a second just to hit that five stars. I think five stars is accurate. And also... Don't give less than five stars, guys. Come on, five stars. We know that we started off with a bang three years ago when we did our last tournament episodes, giving you all the all the tidbits for the groups, our mildly humorous puns for the categories. If you've enjoyed them again this time, do tell other people. We want to, we want we want to share it. We've we've enjoyed doing it so much, and we want other people to enjoy it too. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Hopefully, we've given you everything you need to enjoy the group stage of this tournament. We'll see you again when it gets a bit spicy. Have a lovely first few weeks of Euro 2020. And Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Joel, right back at you. Bye. Bye. That was the Absolute Weldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janotobazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Weldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Weldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Weldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at absoluteweldypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. If Hungary can win one game, the cat is amongst the hungry pigeons. Sorry. Kick ball with foot, football, yeah.